and barely get going. I don't know if they do that with vehicles now, because I know they've changed a lot, but uh, I don't even think they have distributors anymore, do they? I don't I think they got point, points or whatever, something, right? But so timing, you've got to know the timing. In 2 Chronicles 20.20, it tells us that the Israelites were in a lot of trouble. There was three armies, basically, that were coming against them. Nobody knew what to do. They fasted. They sought the Lord. Even the children were involved in the fast. And as they sought God, God began to speak to them and began to tell them what to do. And he gave them direction that they needed to go down in 2 Chronicles 20 and that they needed to go against their adversaries and not worry about it, that when they go out, that God would go ahead of them he would deal with the situation. Well, the king, Jehoshaphat, he tells the people in the morning when he gets up, he says, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. The word established here means, it's a verb, and it means you'll be firm, or you'll be built up, or supported, or nurtured, or to be established, as we said. The primary meaning is that of providing stability and confidence like a baby would find in the arms of its parent. So when you and I, when we make a determination to hear what God is saying, hear what his word is saying, it establishes us. The Bible tells us that we are to be rooted and grounded, and that rooting and that grounding is that solidity that comes to our lives through the power of hearing the word of the Lord. But we also recognize that as God has spoke from his word, there are prophetic things that have to do with timing that we're dealing with in our world. There are things that are going on that he has spoken. You know, God, we just celebrated Christmas. Remember, many of those prophecies that were spoken were spoken years and years before they ever came to pass. But they, what were they there for? To bring prosperity to the people to realize that not only are you established, but you will prosper in the direction you will flourish in the direction that you're going. The word prosper means a verb to rush, to break forth, to come mightily. It describes the Holy Spirit's effect on persons making them powerful. So what God does is that he takes us not just from being in a place of establishment, but also to a place of flourishing. I want to flourish in 2022. Amen? I want to flourish in 2022. For that to happen, we need to know what is God saying. What is God saying to us? What is God speaking to us? Now, 2 Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 5 says that he sought, the God, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. So there you see that prosperity coming as he sought the Lord. One of the verses that came to me in my prayer time for this message is one out of Proverbs chapter or Psalm 20, verses 7 through 8, that says that some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will trust in the Lord our God. I want you to remember this. Everything that the enemy is trying to do in our world right now against the plan of God is to get you to not trust in the Lord your God, but to trust in chariots and horses to trust in chariots and horses. We cannot build our faith in government. Okay? I'm not against government, all right? Especially what our founding fathers came to establish. But here's the thing. 
Government is not the answer. And I love the fact that on our money, it still says on the back of those bills, in God we trust. In God we trust. And so, look, people will come and people will go. Things will happen. There'll be great leaders and bad leaders that will rise up. It always isn't going to be, life is, everything about life is not going to be easy. And I was thinking about this, and this is really, you might not like this word, but you know, when we became Christians, we didn't sign up for easy, we signed up for better. Amen. When I became a Christian, I didn't go to God and said, God, I want things to be easier. I said, God, I want my sins taken away. Amen. I want a new life in Christ. Sometimes I think we think that becoming a Christian means that life should be easier. And I know life can be pretty tough right now for folks, things that are going on. But you didn't sign up for easier. I don't know. That's, I think, part of what the enemy is trying to do to our world. Self-interest is becoming the real move. I, I think it's interesting, and I, I, I'll make these comments, and whether you agree with me or not, it's okay. All right? You don't have to agree with everything I say. But I thought it was interesting in the pandemic that when everybody was dealing with the virus that it was save a life, now it's save yourself. It was all about save, you know, save your grandma, save your mom, save your dad, save your kids. But now it's just save yourself. See, and that's the spirit of Antichrist is all about the self. Remember, we talked about this before, that when the devil came to, when the devil came to Adam and Eve, he didn't say, bow down and serve me and I'll give you, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll make you powerful. I'll make you rich. I'll ma In fact, he didn't even bring any of that up. All he did was told them that they should just be interested in themselves, not in God. That they should just go ahead and eat from the fruit because in the day that they eat of it, then they'll be like God. So they won't need... When you're like God, you don't need God. I mean, you do, but you're too dumb to realize it. So what happens is the adversary is constantly at work putting this. So now it's all moved towards save your life, save your life. You know, you, you, be careful because you're going to give, you know, you're going to get the virus and you're going to die from it and blah, 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 on and on and on. And it does it happen. Yeah, and it does happen and do things are there bad things going on? Yes. But notice how the narrative has now... Do you know how many times the story has changed since this virus came out? How many times it's changed since 2019 when it was first talked about and we went into... Two I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but... Look, we trust in the name. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. We remember that God is with us and we're not alone. I shared last week with you a, a little bit about how that, look, the fear that, that's in the world that we've got to take guns away or we need more guns or whatever that, the, the, the different people that we hear from. But the truth is what we need to understand is that I have no issue with guns, but what I do have issue with is that Christians are not using their authority to stand against evil spirits that are trying to destroy human life. That we stand back and think it's about guns. It's nothing. It's about the demons that are driving people to do insane things. Our, we wrestle not. And I'll bring this up a couple of times this morning. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. 
We're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You're not going to fix a, a spiritual problem with a natural answer. You cannot do that. It just does not work. Because nature does not, control, nature does not influence spirit. Spirit influences nature. We need to reach into our spiritual authority. We need to teach our children to use their spiritual authority. That it's more than just coming to Sunday school and learning nice lessons on flannel boards and whatever else. I don't know what all we use now. Videos now I think we use. But, you know, all the stuff that we do. Look, we're not just trying to teach kids how to live a good life. We're trying to teach them how to be overcomers in this life. Can I get a better amen? Timothy was told by Paul... He said, look, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. So God has a plan. He gave Timothy through Paul the prophecies, these prophecies. And he said, look, these are given to you, not so you can just sit back and be at rest. They're given to you so you know how to fight. They're the strategies. In fact, the word prophecy is the good warfare here is the word the strategy. It's the, the strategy of God. What is God's strategy for our lives in 2022? Well, let me tell you, it's not to survive, it's to thrive. It's not just to get by, not just to barely scratch the, the life. That'll be going on around us. But look, a thousand, the Bible says a, a thousand may fall and 10,000 at our feet, but it shall not come nigh us. Can I get a better Amen. But yet Haggai, I love this in, in, in Haggai because I just read it this morning in my morning reading in chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Everybody's wondering, well, why are things are the way they are? And God says, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and that this temple to lie in ruins? Look, it's not about the buildings it's about the attitude of the people towards those buildings. See, he's saying here, it's just what I just talked about. You're more focused on your own home than you are on God's work. The house of the Lord. Because we know the house of the Lord, though this is where we worship, this is just a building, right? It's not, you know, it's a place where God's people gather. God's here because we're here, but because we gather in his name, but it's a building. It could be an international tractor dealership. It was at one time. So just so that we understand how that, that all of this applies to you and I. So look, what happens is, is that the adversary is constantly working to drive us towards us and away from, the more we drive towards us, the less we drive towards God. The less we drive towards God. Exodus 34.10 is our word for 2022. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. I establish that covenant with you before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in the, all the earth nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord. And all, let me read it again. And all the people among you, among whom you are. That's your family right there. That's your kids, your grandkids, that's your brother, your sister, your wife, your husband. That's the neighbors that live next door. That's the people that you work. Those are people that are among you. Say among me. Those are people among you who they will see the work of the Lord in your life. For it is an awesome thing that I will do. 
Now, the word marvels that's talked about here is the things that cause one to be amazed or filled with overwhelming surprise. The wonders, the unusual or strange things that arrest our attention and extraordinary manifestations which are rare and uncommon things. So all of these things are things that are going to be happening, that are going to be at work. Now, prophetically, what I read, and uh, I'll be doing a program with Mark Bar Dr. Barkley here um, in a couple of weeks here. He and I will do his program, and uh, he sent this to me ahead of time uh, before we got to that, before we get to that. And the first thing that he comes out and says is, in 2022, the Holy Spirit will lead us through the maze of the last days. Prophetically, all of the prophets that I have looked at have talked about that this coming year will be a, a year of the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people. In fact, many of them are saying that Acts 2-2, and it's, X, and it's year 2022, but Acts 2-2 will be significant in the church for the baptism, God pouring out His Spirit upon His people and upon our sons and daughters. There's also prophetic, and I think this is, this is, this is encouraging to me. To hear, I've not heard this uh, in, in a, uh, uh, that I can remember, that Gen Z is about to have a major revival happen in it. That generation, that Gen Z, which is most, a lot of us, that's our kids. And so that Gen Z generation is about to have a major move of the Holy Spirit that'll become so powerful, and, so, and these are what the prophets are saying now, that'll be so powerful that it will actually backwash into previous generations and begin to affect them and that they will align themselves in a great move of holiness. So that's pretty powerful. Amen. That's, a, that's my kids. Amen. And uh, so I'm believing for that. Some of them are, have already experienced that. Some are yet to. But get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Amen. Revelation 12, 11, this, was, this is Doc Barkley's word for the year for 2022. He said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. He says, These things can perhaps be changed or even stopped by our response to God's warnings. He said, Keep your eyes on the two clouds, the dark, filthy, anti-Bible, anti-Christ cloud and the glory cloud. Run to the glory with all that is within you. True ministers of the gospel will be crying out to all to repent, both inside and outside the church, which I believe that. The truth bearers will be rewarded, but the milquetoast voices and people pleasers will pay a dear price. Um, he talks about some of the, and this was a prophetic thing that continued to come up, about how that we will see things start unfolding uh, this next year in the technology realm. This is a prophetic thing. Now, I didn't know what this is. Some of you know what this is, but you know, cryptocurrency has become a real big thing. Now, we're familiar with the stock. My generation is very familiar with the stock market, okay? We kind of get, get that. But this cryptocurrency thing is a really big deal, and people are becoming extremely wealthy off of it. And what prophetically is being said, now, there's those who are saying it won't last, it won't go on. Well, we don't know that for a fact, okay? Because technology continues to increase. You know, it was just 2008. How many years ago is that? 14 years ago, we got the iPhone. Okay? I mean, remember when you used to do dial up? Huh? Dial up on your modem? Now, I know some of you kids have never even seen that, but we had to listen to this. 
all this noise and craziness as we it went into a phone line, okay? It was nuts. And you couldn't do it. I remember when, when Chuck and I were in Rwanda trying to communicate back home was a bear because email had just started being used. We had email addresses at, I think it was AGC at rural.net or something like that. And so we would communicate that way back home about what we were doing. But those weren't going through all the time because it was a brand new technology. Well, one of the things that's being prophesied about, and this has come from quite a few, is how the technology, you're going to see that on the increase. And actually, we're right now in what's called Web 2.0, and they're prophesying that Web 3.0, which is already in creation. Anybody heard of that? Anybody know what Web 3.0 is? Okay, so Web 3.0 is, is the new wave of internet that's out there. Now look, most of us don't even recognize that we went from web 1.0 to web 2.0, okay? But we did actually, that actually did happen. And that now things are much more increased, things are, uh, have expanded. It's kind of like the idea, what they say that to move to web 3.0, it's gonna be like this. So, Web 1.0 was when we had black and white TVs. Anybody remember that? We'd watch TV on black and whites. Remember you used to have to have the vertical and the horizontal and you'd have to turn those or the picture would roll or go side to side. Okay, black and white. But then color came out, right? So color is like Web 2.0. But they're saying Web 3.0 is where now everything becomes immersive, that you're actually involved in what's happening. And that's coming. And look, that's going to become bigger. And, and the church can't demonize all this stuff. You know, because we're really big on, you know, when TV came out, the church demonized it. It was like, oh, that one-eyed devil, I'll never have that in my house. And now every Christian's got a TV in their home just about, right? So the church is great at things they don't understand, just saying, that's a devil. Right. Look, all those things are ways that we can use, like for our TV and technology and things, that we're going to use all of those kinds. We need to be thinking that way, that these opportunities are going to be opening up, and there is a huge wave of it happening right now. Um, and uh, you'll want to watch that. You just know, you can say, well, I heard it first at Amazing Grace Church, but, but uh, all of the prophets that I looked at actually talked about this technology bringing artificial intelligence more involved. Um, the metaverse, anybody heard about the metaverse? Now, not the spider-verse. Meta is here. You saw that, what did Facebook just change their name to? Meta. So it's going to continue to increase. One of the benefits, is this okay if I just elaborate a second? You say, well, it's not very spiritual. Well, we're going to make it spiritual, okay? Right? Because I think God is behind creation. I don't think the devil is an is ingenious creator. I think God helps these people create things and technologies. The church just doesn't recognize it, so they miss it. But um, one of the cool things with Web 3.0 that you will like is Google will no longer con control your content. Because now it will be freedom. The issue, which is, I think needs to happen, is we got to become more responsible about what we post. And we got to be much more responsible with what we believe. So what Web 3.0 will do is take, you know, because you know, you know how this is. So if you Google something, uh, blue jeans, right, and you're on Facebook, what happens on your Facebook timeline? 
There's, there's blue jeans all of a sudden. You're like, how in the world did my information get out to Facebook? I was looking on Google because that's what they're all doing. That's what's happening in Web 2.0. When it moves to 3.0, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. You'll get to choose who gets to see your information. The danger is because so many Christians, and, and if you're one of these, I'm not picking at you, but so many Christians are just so conspiracy-minded about everything that they get confused by all the information that's out there. And you've got to be careful with that. You've got to do your fact-checking. Don't just jump on board with every little thing that's coming down the pike. Be responsible. It's kind of like we felt like with the virus. You know, we told people at Amazing Grace Church, you're responsible people. If you're sick, stay home. If you've been contaminated, stay home. You be responsible for your own health, which will protect everybody else's health. Amen. We didn't say you got us. We didn't go through. We're not taking temperatures at the door and kicking you out the door. I go some places. I have to give my temperature to even get in. So we're not doing that. We're not making you provide IDs at the door so we can trace you and track you if you somebody somehow you had the virus or whatever. Look, because we believe the individual can make their own responsible. We think you're smart enough. Amen. Amen. We think you're smart enough. We think you have enough. If we give you enough knowledge, you'll make the right choices in your life. And people did. Actually, people did. And so, um, and, uh, so anyways, you said, well, Pastor, you got COVID. Yeah, I got it from a person that was vaccinated. So, yeah, thank you very much. Let me read a couple of the other prophetic things. Is this all right this morning? I mean, these are real things that are happening. Now, there's a group, and some of you might be familiar with it. Cindy Jakes is a part of it. It's called the Prophetic Council uh, Apostolic Ministries and uh, Council of Prophetic Elders, excuse me. And basically what they're talking about is what Doc said there in the beginning, that this is a season where the Holy Spirit is particularly active with many powerful manifestations of His glory with many powerful manifestations of his glory. Now, the glory of God is powerful to those who are receptive to it, but it is also a very great shaking to those who are not receptive to it, okay? That actually in Haggai, there in chapter 2, verses 6 through 7, it talks about how that the glory will shake. And then the Hebrews, it tells us in a repeat of it that God is speaking, (coughs) and as he's speaking, he will shake both heaven and earth. He will shake things because of he will shake out the demonic things that are in the heavens. When it says shake out, there'll be revelation that's going to happen. We'll begin to see things. I think one thing that we can all agree on, at least this group uh, that's here this morning, is, is that there is a spirit of Jezebel over the world right now. Okay. Now, Jezebel, when we say that, we always think about the person Jezebel, but Jezebel was an actual person. But she operated in three things. And so if you want to write these down so you know how to pray against this. One was idolatry. That was her big thing. She got Ahab into idolatry big time. They were Baal and Ashtoreth worshipers. They brought in all kinds of other gods. She was into idolatry, taking people away from God. Okay? Secondly, she was into witchcraft. Okay? Into witchcraft, using witchcraft. Our world is becoming more more susceptible to witchcraft because of all of the different things that 
we watch and don't even think about anymore, that we were just like, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just stuff. It's just TV or whatever. Well, just remember that what you watch, what you listen to, shapes what you think. Okay? So witchcraft was one of her big things. And the last one, and I think everybody sees this, is intimidation. She was an intimidator. Man, I'm telling you, she used fear. She, got, she intimidated the prophet of God to run for his life. I mean, she used intimidation. And so this intimidating thing that's over our world right now, the threats, they're not going to get any better. But remember, tell yourself this, I didn't sign up for easy, I signed up for better. So let's just be realistic. There isn't a single thing this world can do to take your salvation from you. And there isn't a single thing that can erase your name from the Lamb's book of life that, that the world can do. Now you can, but the world cannot. Your relatives can't. The devil can't. But you can by turning away from God. So we need to realize that part of what's going to happen is and, and this, is going to be, this is going to be maybe a little bit more challenging for us, but we will have a level, all of us will face a level in 2022 where we'll say enough is enough. And that may be to family, that might be, might be to our children, it might be to our relatives, it could be to our close friends, but we just get to the point where we say, in a spirit of love, enough, that's it. No longer will you intimidate me with these kinds of things. I won't be intimidated by it. Media is a great intimidator. It uses fear, okay? It uses fear to intimidate. This is all, look, if the church had got a hold of it, it would have had control over what's happening in the media and we'd be using it for God's glory, but we stayed out of it. Because we were like, oh no. You know? No, no. That's not good. That's not good. The internet's not good. You know, a lot of churches refuse to go online. They're like, I'm not going online. Bless God, we got people need to come to church, and we are never going online. We'll never have TV cameras in our buildings. But they don't say that anymore. Right? And many of them struggled, and some of them did not make it, unfortunately, because of that ideology, because they refused to do it, and so it took them a long time to actually get things to that place where they were on the air, and people were looking for churches. They're going to go to church somewhere or watch church somewhere. And uh, so that's part of what's going to happen. The prophetic council talks about the, the, uh, the technology revolution. Of course, continue to watch for these words, metaverse. Web 3 will be the other big one you'll hear a lot about. Uh, but there will be a great move of holiness they talk about that's going to be happening within the Gen Z group that's going to take place. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And uh, they'll be using things, this, the conversions will happen. There will be hundreds of thousands of genuine conversions through the use of social media. Now, I, I didn't like this, but through things like TikTok and other innovative tools. You know, the only thing I know about TikTok is all the bad stuff that comes out of it. And once in a while, I see a funny video that somebody put on Facebook out of TikTok. But I don't know a lot about that area. But I think we as believers need to just recognize. I'm not saying go get a TikTok account, okay? Because that would just be another thing you have. 
But what I am saying is recognize that these are things God's going to use. There were things God used to reach you in your generation. There will be things that God will use in their generation as well. So technology is going to be a huge, huge move of the Holy Spirit. Let me just wrap up because I'm going to run out of time here. Um, so part of one of the prophets that I was listening to talked about that there will be some things that are going to shift uh, anointing-wise in the church and that there's going to be some succession things happen where things are going to move to, um, to uh, the anointing that needs to be present with the attitude that needs to be present to deal with what's going on in our world. For example, the king that served under that served under Jezebel could not handle Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel. Okay, could not handle the intimidation. Could not the people that were there could not hand could not handle what was happening. So what God did is He spoke to Elijah and said, "I want you to anoint Jehu, okay, over Israel, because Jehu, he wasn't a great guy." You know, he had a lot of bad traits and things that he did. But one thing was about Jehu, he wasn't intimidated by people. Okay? And so God said, anoint Jehu. And who was it that took Jezebel out? It was Jehu. God used Jehu to do that. And then he told Elijah that I don't, you're not going to be the guy that I'm going to use prophetically. Your time's come to an end. So I want you to anoint Elisha for what he needs to do. And I think this is something that we, we recognize. It doesn't mean that the king was not a good king before Jehu. It doesn't mean that, that uh, Jehu was a better king. It doesn't mean that Elisha was a better prophet than Elijah was a prophet. But it means in their season, they were what was needed. Okay? And that's what I want to just clarify with you is, is that, look, there, we cannot stop those whose season is coming upon them. We should anoint them. All right? Even if we don't fully understand them, we should still anoint them in their season because they're going to reach, and it's all for God's glory. It's not for our glory. I know in the church, like, you know, when I became a Christian and I was totally like, man, I was on fire for God. I mean, I was just filled with the Holy Spirit, full of the word, and I was ready to go. In fact, I had people tell me, slow down, back off, you're too strong, you're coming across too, you know, you need to tone it down a little bit. But see, for that generation that I was in, that, that timing, that was my time, that was my season to, to be like that. That's the way God was using me to propel me forward for what he wanted to do. Now, does that mean God's done with me? No, it doesn't mean God's done with me. But I noticed in the church that we're really good at with things that we don't necessarily like, that we don't necessarily promote. So if we don't like it, you know, we're not going to promote it. It's like, the, you know, when they tried to, and, 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 and maybe this will mean something to all of you guys. Like, when I was in Bogota, they had a guy that did Christian rap. Do you know how much rap music I listen to? Is rap even a thing anymore? I don't even know if it is, but you know how much rap I listen to? None. I'm not a, I'm not a rap guy. I don't listen to rap. I, you know, I'm just not into it. But here's the thing. When he got up and he started doing this rap music, 
that crowd er erupted. I don't know if you were with me that night. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And it was so, what was so cool is because we kept an open mind to what was, an open heart to it. It was really powerful, man. We were like, whoa. You could feel the anointing of God fill the room. Now, I'm not saying Chuck's going to start, you know, wearing baggy pants and stuff and do rat and, and, and jerseys that are down to his knees or dropping his britches down on his backside. I'm not, look, I'm just saying that, hey, thank God for that. Amen. But I'm saying that, look, these things, when they happen, we as the church can't stand back. Let's just reverse that, get that out of our head. All right. Sorry. But, but see, we can't, even though we don't necessarily, it's not something we would do, we need to realize that God can use that. Because I remember not that long ago when Chuck got filled with the Holy Spirit and he started playing music that wasn't playing in the church, that people criticized him and his group, that they were rock and rollers. And rock and rollers are going to hell. They're not God. In fact, Preachers were coming out against it, but now you can't find a church across America where there's not drums now, guitars, praise and worship. A lot, of these, a lot of these churches are singing songs from Bethel and don't even understand what Bethel's really all about. But I, hey, I don't care. Amen. They're decreeing the word. That's awesome. That means the spirit will be moving because where the word is, the spirit moves. Amen. Because faith comes. So... We can't, as God's people in 2022, in the challenges that are ahead of us, we don't want to be naysayers. We don't have to like it. We don't have to, be, we don't have to play it in our home. But what we do need to recognize is that it has a purpose, okay? And it has a divine purpose that God can use. Amen. And part of that is that succession anointing that just moves into that next generation because of the way... Um, you know, the way that they look at, they look, the way they look at things. You know, um, when I first started out in ministry, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know. I was very naive. I hadn't been through anything. Man, I've been through so much. I'm over 40 years now just preaching and dealing with people. It's very difficult. Some of you that are older, as like myself, you recognize this. It's hard for me not to look at situations that are going on and think I've been here before right? That we've been in this kind of thing before that, you know, the, 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 and when you make decisions that all of that past tries to influence that decision, you know, you, instead of just saying, well, we'll just believe God, you think about how hard it was to believe God the last time that you were going through this. When I didn't know anything, man, Sharon and I, I never realized this, that we launched out in ministry during a recession. I didn't even know that, I didn't even know that was a recession. You know what, I, I had no idea. Reagan wasn't in office yet, he was just coming in like right after that. I mean, we didn't think about gas prices. We didn't think about that we needed, we better have a lot of money in the bank to do what we need to do. We just went and did it. Because that's what God said to do. There's a blessing to that not knowing and I think the danger for us as believers that have been believers for a while is allowing what we know to stop us from what we're supposed to do. It creates complacency in our lives. Amen? So just kind of bringing all of this together. 
I think 2022 is going to be a year of miracles. And uh, I'm setting my faith in, in, a, in believing for supernatural moves in my family. Amen. I mean, like, not gradual changes. I'm, I sense, and this is what I feel, not just gradual, like, kind of moving slowly away from darkness into light. I'm talking about overnight changes. Overnight changes. I think in that for people financially as well and for folks in their health as well. Amen. But what do we do? Well, I think that we have to do what the Bible requires us to do, and that is to consecrate ourselves for his service. I'm a, I'm a, you know, this is where I get real old school about my thinking. Nothing great happens until we consecrate ourselves towards his purpose. And I'm just one of those kinds of people that I believe that consecrating ourselves should happen at an altar. It's not just me saying, okay, God, I'll do it. But it's me kneeling before him and saying, Lord, I set myself in agreement with your word. And I set myself in agreement with what I'm believing, these things that I'm believing for. In fact, stand up with me if you would. Um, and here's what I'd like to do with, with our time today, and we'll just kind of change up the order of the way we're going to do things. I'd like to invite you to come to the altar today. You say, well, I'm already saved. Well, this isn't about being saved. This is about you and I saying, God, I surrender myself to your divine purpose. This is you and me saying to God that consecration, the word holiness is tied with consecration. It's out of that word. That I set myself into holiness, Lord God. Don't you agree that seeing the Generation Z group coming in a powerful wave of the Holy Spirit of holiness would be an amazing thing? Well, it's not going to just happen because we want it to. We have to be the first ones to say, start with me, God. Start with me. Before a whole nation could be changed, Isaiah had to go to the altar and let his lips be cleansed. Amen. What does that mean? That means, God, help me get rid of those things that you're not saying, and help me, God, to start saying the things that you are saying. So I'd like to invite you right now to come to the altar, those of you who'd like to join me. We'll finish our service this way. Um, and if you'd like to kneel down with me here, Tim, you can just play anything on music-wise and uh, just invite you to come. Thank you. And uh, this is a time of consecration between you and the Lord and uh, you just saying to God, Lord, I'm here. I'm open. I'm willing. I believe, God, 2022 is going to be a year of wonders and marvels and miraculous things. God, I'm believing for that Gen Z to just have a major move of the Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Just find you a spot somewhere.